Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm Stephanie Long and I'm a business coach for nutritionists. After struggling with how to start my own nutrition business, I finally figured out how to launch my business and sign clients without the overwhelm. And now it's my mission to share this with you too. This is why I created my online course, Launch Your Nutrition Biz, to teach you the exact steps you need to take to start your nutrition business and sign your first paying clients. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to start and grow your nutrition business, sign new clients, come up with an easy to follow marketing plan and make money doing what you love. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have Mia Harris here to talk all about a day in the life of her nutrition business. So we're going to chat about um, where she's at in her nutrition business at this point, a couple of years, well, quite a few years in, um, the things she does day to day, some of the programs she uses in her uh, practice, um, her time spent working in a clinic and working at a nutrition school. And we're just going to cover everything from, you know, growing her business and where she focuses her time now. Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about Mia. Mia Harris is a functional nutritionist who is passionate about helping people find a sustainable approach to diet and lifestyle. She graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in 2017 and is a current instructor at Pacific Rim College, teaching clinics and classes on emotional and disordered eating. Her current practice focuses on women's hormone health and weight loss. When she's not helping others with their health, you can find her cooking up yummy recipes in her kitchen, walking her two two dogs and traveling with her partner. And before we get started, I wanted to say that Mia, this is actually the second time she's coming on the podcast to talk about um, day in the life of her nutrition business. She actually came on episode 31. So that was back in 2019. We're now on episode 204. So that was quite a long time ago. And um, it was really interesting when I re-listened to the episode just to see how much um, the podcast has grown, how much Mia has grown. So I'm really excited to have her on to talk more about the growth of her business um, a couple of years later. So um, you can always listen to that episode, episode 31 with Mia Harris. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much yeah. for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's funny, we were just reflecting on that and made me think, I'm like, what was I doing in 2019? I'd be curious to go back and listen to some of the things I was saying and where I was at. And yeah, just how things have kind of changed over the last few years. So yeah, I feel like so much changes, but also like not a lot at the same time. So it's yeah. interesting <laughs> because it's like, I think when it comes to building any kind of business, like obviously like there's new plans or new focuses, but then the structure a lot of the time is the same, right? Like those things you're doing to grow and the other things you're, you know, doing, like, I know at that time you were working at a different clinic here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we can just like start with you talking a little bit about, uh, kind of what your day-to-day looks like. So like where you're focusing your time and energy right now between the clinics and the school and everything that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And right now, like each day kind of looks a little bit different. So I kind of spend my time between, I teach a couple classes at Pacific Rim College, like you mentioned in there. Um, So I do that a few days a week. So Mondays, primarily my day is doing a clinic in the morning, have a little break, and then I teach a class in the afternoon. And then usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, I kind of have reserved as like client call days. I used to kind of have my um, calendar open all the time for Mm -hmm. client calls. Uh, But it made a huge difference when I just kind of limited it down to just like a set time um, just for like my own like 
you know, if I felt like I would wait all day long until like I had that one appointment in the afternoon. So kind of combining it and condensing it made a huge difference. So Tuesdays and Thursdays and some Fridays I do um, client calls. So I usually, that's mostly online virtual appointments. And then um, every other Friday I actually go into a clinic. Um, one of the towns, I live in a pretty small town, Saskatchewan. So I go into one of the clinics here um, and just do in-person sessions, which has been really nice and just a little bit of a change from doing so many things online. So yeah, getting yeah. some of that in-person connection and and time. And do you have a favorite out of teaching at the school, doing your own new clients, working in the clinic? Like they're all a little bit different, which is cool to see, but I'm curious if like you tend to get like more excited for one of those things. Well, I love helping people and like doing intakes with people one-on-one, -on -one, but I also do really like working at the school and doing clinics and um, just kind of collaborating with new and up and coming nutritionists and having kind of fun conversations. I feel like just always like brings me back to like my why and um, just kind of get excited about nutrition again. So um, yeah, I do like teaching and I feel like it's really kind of challenged me a lot. I was like terrified to, <laughs> to teach <Yeah. laughs> for a long time. And I was so, so nervous for like probably almost a full year teaching classes and I was nervous every time I got on there but I found like the more that I kept doing it and speaking has just helped me in so many other areas with my business and doing webinars and workshops and even just speaking to other people one-on-one um, -on -one just kind of really helped my confidence I think so yeah, getting practice in those areas and putting yourself mm -hmm. out there, trying different opportunities. Um, I'm also curious, do you have a preference when it comes to like online um, consulting or teaching versus in person? Because you do a bit of both, which is interesting. Your practice isn't just one or the other. So do you have yeah. any kind of preference? Yeah, I mean, I like virtual because you have the ability to connect with so many people from all over the place. So sometimes I have clients in the States and from in Ontario. And so it's nice to kind of, yeah, be able to connect on a broader scale. In person is nice. I do find there's different kind of cues that you can kind of pick up from people's like body language. I find you can kind of establish a more of an emotional connection when you're kind of sitting in a room with somebody. So that has been nice. But yeah, I think if I had to choose probably virtual because yeah, it's just, and it's convenient. People don't have to leave their home. And mm. do I, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially living, it's nice to hear. I'm sure for those that maybe are living in smaller towns or are like, okay, I don't live in like a city center, like Toronto or Vancouver, or LA or New York, or, you know, somewhere where there's going to be like a big, you know, amount of potential clients. So um, did you find, I know you haven't always lived in a small town, but did you find when moving to a small town, you were kind of forced to be more online and you were kind of at this point of like okay that's my only option to grow a business right now yeah well at the time yeah I was working before I moved to Saskatchewan I was working at a, at a naturopathic clinic and kind of doing like I kind of had my business as like my side hustle and then the pandemic hit and then I ended up moving and I was kind of like this is it yeah <laughs> like I have to do it online everything is closed. Like this is, I got to try to make this work. So that was kind of when I was like, okay, we're going all in here. I think in the years prior, I kind of had like, I don't know if I want to say one foot in one foot out, but I was kind of like more so had it just like as my side hustle mm -hmm. rather than like fully jumping in. Cause it can be kind of scary to be like, okay, I'm going all in on my own business and doing my own thing. But yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exciting. And I think I can see what you're saying, because I think even listening to the first episode, like episode 31, there was maybe more of that, like, yeah, I'm I'm doing all these things, but like kind of that, like you said, side hustle energy a little bit more than right now, that mm-hmm. established energy. This is what I do. This is what my week to week looks like. You know, this is my schedule. This is how I'm diversifying my time. So I can really see like the growth in that way. Do you, do you feel like you are like two feet in now and like, this is the career, this is the job and and this is where you put your full-time energy. Yeah. I found the last couple of years has been really like found like a nice flow with things. And like, I know what I'm doing day to day. And before I remember going and sitting at cafes and I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to be doing right now. Do I suppose social media blogs, do I do this? Do I do that? Yeah. Right? And so now I kind of feel like, okay, like when I come and sit down at my desk, I'm like, okay, I have these set things in order and I know what's working and, you know, how to kind of split my time up and setting boundaries and, you know, lots of things too. So yeah. Yeah. That that's amazing. I love hearing that so much. And, you know, if I was sitting, listening to this right now, I'd be probably thinking like, well, what are those things that you're doing? Like what is actually working? Where is your time going? So maybe we can talk for a moment about like, what does your, I know you had said your day-to-day schedule, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like growing the business, like where are you putting time? Is it mostly in social media? Is it in, you know, other places? Let's talk maybe a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say I do put a lot of effort into social media. I feel like I'm creating some sort of content like every single day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, which I'm trying to maybe get a little bit better and like batching things a little bit more. But I feel like I'm always kind of thinking of, you know, even having a conversation with a client, that would be a cool thing to post about or talk about online. And so um, primarily, I'd say like Instagram is probably the biggest one. I've just like in the last year started delving into TikTok, which I've Mm -hmm. been really enjoying I had a lot of pushback on TikTok for a long time I was like it looks scary and I don't know like the ins and outs of it and I had um someone at the times like just stop thinking about it like just go on and post a little blurb and do that a couple times a day and then it's actually my preferred platform and I've seen a lot of good success from it and um really helped to build my email list that's another kind of area that I've been focusing on building my my email list so um yeah so I kind of split my time between doing those things so creating content sending out newsletters um after your blogging workshop I've been kind of having a new (laughs) like um motivation to create blogs I was a little bit stagnant on those for the little bit so now I'm like okay yeah those are important things to do so um do blog posts so kind of like even Tuesdays um I do client calls and then if I'm not don't have a ton of calls that day, then I'll kind of work on those things, content creation, newsletter, blog posts. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. I love how you lay that out. And I do want to mm-hmm. dig a little bit more into um, the Instagram versus TikTok conversation, because I actually mm-hmm. feel like you're like the exact right person to ask because you're like <laughs> in the trenches doing the things. You're not like yeah. a social, <laughs> social media manager who's going to tell us, you know, what the best platform to be on is. But in comparison between Instagram and TikTok, like what is are you creating different content? Does different content perform better on, you know, TikTok than it does on Instagram? And like, how are you navigating both of those platforms? Yeah, so sometimes I'll use the same content from Instagram over on onto TikTok. Like even sometimes if you're doing like those carousel posts, you can actually post those onto TikTok as like photos that you can kind of go through. So sometimes you can cross use or yeah, cross use your, your content basically. But 
with TikTok, I kind of do a combination of like, sometimes I'll do little talking videos, just like short blurbs about, I don't know, how to increase your iron levels or three tips for balancing hormones. Um, and then I'll actually just take that same thing and then turn it into like a photo collage and then put the same information over it. And sometimes mm. I'll use that on Instagram or I'll just post it again on TikTok. So it's like um, a couple different types of content, I guess I would say. Um, yeah. And TikTok is really like, I, I found it was a lot easier for me to grow. I grew quite quickly in the last year on that. Whereas Instagram, I felt like it's a little bit more of a grind mm -hmm. <laughs> on there. So yes, I, I keep telling my clients, if you feel comfortable going on TikTok, that I'm seeing a lot of growth, you being one of the clients, I have another client Labrini that's growing quite a bit and, and other clients that have used it, um, you know, and started and grown to a thousand followers in just a couple of weeks. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think that there is a lot more potential there, but I do think even myself, I'm still having a hard time breaking my Instagram style of sharing <laughs> and breaking it into like more of a TikTok, like casual conversation. So do you feel like it's to be on TikTok and be successful, you do have to have a more like um, curtain pulled back. Like this is who I am having casual conversations, sharing like you'd share with a friend versus on Instagram. It's more sharing like in a more structured, um, curated way. Is that how you would describe the difference? Yeah, for sure. It kind of TikTok almost feels like you're in someone's house or with your friend and they're just having a conversation. It's a lot more laid back, which I, I like. So I find Instagram is very curated and mm -hmm. things have to be very aesthetic. And so there it's kind of like, you know, just kind of recording things you do during the day. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm making my smoothie. I'm going to talk about what I'm putting in my smoothie or uh, what I'm doing for a workout or, you know, just little things throughout the day. And I think with anything, um, it's just consistency with it. So I find with TikTok, you do have to be posting quite a bit in the beginning just to gain some traction and then you can kind of taper off a little bit. But yeah, the biggest thing that I've learned with that is just to not take it too seriously and just kind of jump on and do a couple of little videos and see how it goes. So yeah. <laughs> And not be maybe too attached to like, did that one get a lot of views or likes and like just create the next piece of content and just kind mm -hmm. of continue to create. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been enjoying it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And again, I've seen some real great growth numbers for clients. So I, I do think it's um, a platform. It's different, obviously. And I think it's finding what works for you and your business and where your clients are, right? I know for the type of niche you're in, you know, women's hormones, weight loss, like that is a place where a lot of people are going to be consuming content. Do you mm -hmm. find that you are getting clients from social media? Like how is that transition working or how are you maybe getting them from social media to you know get on your email list or, or book in a consult with you yeah so usually kind of at the end of my videos depending on what I'm talking about I kind of try to direct them somewhere so um, like I have a freebie on blood sugar balance so maybe I'll do a video about you know here's five tips to balance your blood sugar and then at the end I'm like if you want more information or need some more support with this I have a free guide on blood sugar in my bio feel free to check it out and so that has been working quite well and I'm getting people onto my email list and then kind of marketing through that when I send out my my weekly newsletters um, or sometimes I'll just invite them to book in a free uh, discovery call at the end of those videos too so that's been kind of helping and yeah I'm just directing more people like it seems like even just through my videos whether I have kind of a call to action or not at the end like people are just kind of curious to learn more and going to my website too so I've been getting a lot of uh, traffic from that mm -hmm. too. 
Oh, that's great to know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious too, again, just let my last question of, of TikTok um, mm -hmm. is, you know, do you find that if you were going to do one of those call to actions to like grab your freebie or grab a resource or book a discovery call, you need to say it in the video versus write it in that like caption. Because what mm -hmm. I found and the way that I consume TikTok is I don't usually read the captions. I more go and read the comments because I want to see what are people saying or did that creator of the video even go in and pop a comment with like another resource. So do you find you're more like trying to like vocally say what to do next versus then typing it in the, in the caption? Yeah. Yeah. I usually will say it right in there or like kind of plug it maybe mid video if I feel like I want to, or just right at the end. And then, yeah, I actually sometimes will go and just put a comment like, Hey, I talk about this in my online, I talk about the subject more in my online program or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So yeah. Great tips. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people are curious about TikTok, but just like you were like overthinking a hundred percent. They're like, oh God, you know, the first video has to be perfect, but it's nice to hear that you just like kind of took that action, started, have been seeing some growth and, and um, are getting some success with social media. I think, you know, as, as you mentioned, I had a blogging workshop recently and I'm very much on the blogging train or how can we create content that has like a longer lifespan? So you don't have to feel like you're constantly creating content, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm also speaking from a position of seeing that my blog has like perform way outperformed my social media. But for you, it sounds like your social media is outperforming other ways of getting traction. Yeah, so far, yes. And and I also have seen some success with Pinterest too. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a, you know, when you look at your looking at my analytics on my website where people are kind of coming from and Pinterest seems to be an up and coming. And I don't, I'm not overly active on there, like mm -hmm. posting things and linking blogs and stuff like that, just a few. And, but those have seemed to do well too. So I think that's been another area I've been looking to um, just increase my knowledge on too. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like Pinterest is another Google, right? People go there mm -hmm. with a question. And, you know, I think especially as nutritionists or being in the health industry, um, we kind of have an advantage because I'd say a huge, um, a huge market on Pinterest is recipes and health information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are creating blog posts on your website, you're, you're doing a disservice by not also having Pinterest pins um, going out as well, because people are looking for that information. So do you find, or I guess a good, a better question would be um, now thinking about blogging as more of a strategy, strategy moving forward, do you think you will do more like educational blog posts or more recipes, or what do you think your audience would actually enjoy in blog format? I think a combination of of both um i don't do it i used to do a lot of recipes but and it's interesting how content has kind of switched i felt like i would post recipes and people were interested in it and save it and like it and now i feel like when i post it it's like mm, it's not quite as much traffic as posting some other more informative mm. um types of content on instagram specifically so i don't know i do like doing recipes and that's fun for me to like create recipes and put that out so i think i'll still continue to do that but i do find the more informative ones um on a specific topic usually do a little bit better i think that that's great to hear and do you find that you have success with like more of leaning into the storytelling piece like sharing your own story or sharing client stories do you do that often and if you do do you find that that also performs like maybe like better than the educational content I'm curious where that fits into the picture 
Yeah, I think sharing personal stories, like people like to connect with you and like know that you kind of, if they're maybe thinking about working with you, knowing that you kind of know how they feel or like knowing what they're going through and that you kind of can help them take the steps to get to where they want to be. So I think sharing personal stories can be really helpful, sometimes scary to like be mm -hmm. a little bit vulnerable, I guess, <laughs> or even just sharing um, like challenges that you might be having currently too. And I know people really connect with that too so even if you're like hey I'm having a hard day today or you know something things didn't work out the way I wanted it to and people really yeah connect with that and like to see that like you're not kind of perfect yourself mm -hmm. either, I guess you know <laughs> yeah I appreciate so. you're saying that because I think I know I struggled with that coming out of nutrition school um and you know feeling like you know, I'm not the perfect nutritionist or sometimes like, I remember actually being really like feeling shameful about going and grabbing takeout, you know, mm -hmm. because it was more convenient and feeling, you know, a lot more restrictive over my food choices early on until I learned that it, there was no reason to be ashamed. And this is who I am as a person and other people want are doing those things and don't also want to feel shame. So, you know, I had to do a lot of like breaking down those stigmas within myself. So do you find that, when you're a little bit more vulnerable in, you know, quote unquote, like a real life way. And you say like, Hey, I also struggle with this. Do you get good feedback or do you also struggle with like judgment or shame on sharing those things? I usually get good feedback. I think one of the funny things that like, if I post, um, like I posted the other day and my dinner was spaghetti with like real noodles. Oh yeah. <laughs> like not like zoodles or yeah. like gluten-free ones and stuff. And I always get comments like, oh, I love that you just eat regular pasta. And so <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's just funny, like little things like that or like, yeah. Cause I think especially with nutritionists, sometimes there's these preconceived notions that, you know, we're going to, we eat perfectly and gluten-free and dairy-free and like never have a diet Coke or mm -hmm. donuts or like whatever it is. Um, but it's like, we're pretty normal too. Right. And I think nobody is totally perfect with their diet. So I think people kind of appreciate that kind of some of those realness pieces and, but it can be sometimes scary to post that because, um, I know for me, sometimes I think of my other colleagues in the nutrition world and like, oh, I know that person would never eat this. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Discredits exactly. me or something showing that I'm eating chicken fingers or something, but <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's such a huge conversation with like dismantling, like, you know, food, like shame or body shame or, you know, like the perfect diet or whatever it is. I think there's a lot of controversy in, in nutrition and, you know, a lot of like butting heads, but I think, you know, whatever I actually, another good point is, um, being like having your own opinion in this space is really important, mm. whether that means just posting that you're eating, you know, regular noodles, like for some, that's really controversial. Right. But I think, yeah. you know, <laughs> saying your opinion and not being scared, um, is going to help to set you apart. So you're not just always saying what you want other people to hear, but actually saying your opinion in the nutrition space, I think can help you go a long way. Have you seen that? Or have you like tested the waters with sharing your opinion and seeing if it's either like helped or hurt your business? Um, I guess, yeah, a little bit. Um, I guess it depends on what topic it, it is, but I think, yeah, just what you said, sharing like your values and like what you believe in. Um, cause what I really come to notice is like everybody has, every nutritionist kind of has their own biases on like what they believe works for them and what they teach and what they know too. So I could try to always keep that in mind and like 
be aware of my own biases, but I also kind of feel like I have some solid values that kind of set me apart from other practitioners. So kind of like speaking to that and like one of my big things is like, I don't necessarily want to say I'm anti-diet, but I'm more kind of like, you know, how do we make things more sustainable and enjoyable and maintainable rather than, you know, kind of doing these quick fix things. So I kind of talk about that a little bit too and um, to try to set myself apart from other people. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we appreciate that. We appreciate people who will share their values so that, um, you know, that's a great way to learn the type of practitioner you might be working with. I think that's one disconnect for a lot of people. And they're wondering why their practice isn't growing. It's because they're not sharing who they are. And someone doesn't really want to work with a practitioner if they don't, if they haven't seen their face, if they don't know their approach, they don't know their personality. Like at the end of the day, even if there's you know, 10 other nutritionists and probably more like hundreds or thousands of other nutritionists <laughs> doing, you know, hormones and weight loss, like you are, or women's health, like you are yourself, it's you that's going to set you, mm -hmm. your business apart from those people. So by not sharing that or holding back your values, you know, people don't really get to know you. So, you know, I always appreciate seeing your content and being like, what does Mia have to say? And I really value your approach, which, you know, you know, even as a consumer of your content draws me closer to you and makes me feel like I'm more in a relationship with you and knowing who you are versus just like questioning if this is a right fit for me, if, you know, okay, so you're yeah. going to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting how people kind of come into your world and like the steps they kind of the journey they have to take to kind of get to know you a little bit better and decide to work with with you. Like very rarely does someone just come to like your social media page and be like, oh, immediately I'm going to work with this person. Yeah. <laughs> right. You kind of scroll through and like, what's this person about? And um, I think you mentioned it before. It's like people don't buy until they know, like, and trust you, mm -hmm. I think. Right. Yes. And so I think showing up and speaking and sharing your story and your thoughts about things and um yeah it just kind of helps you set sets you apart and yeah just gets people to know you a little bit mm -hmm. better what you're about so yeah and and also remembering that you know with kind of your content it's like you're you're building a business brick by brick or you're building up your content bank brick by brick remembering that people aren't just looking at you're mentioning something once and they're running to buy that thing or they're running to grab the free resource you have to say it so many times um <laughs> i think it's like seven or eight times a minimum i usually say up to 20 times someone might need to hear something before they take that next step so you know you might have a, a follower on tiktok that maybe six months down the line ends up reaching out because they've had six months of contact you know or seeing your posts you know over and over so remembering that these are this is like a long-term game and it's like you know those little bricks building on top of one another but we can get so discouraged like why isn't moving faster why mm -hmm. am I not getting more clients um but it is like those small kind of wins along the way yeah um, just mm -hmm. consistency too I yes. think oh 100 <laughs> when it feels hard oh. it's just keep showing up going. Well, and speaking of, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Um, you are a member of Nutrition Business Club, which is my membership uh, where you can get like weekly and monthly support to to grow your business and get, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching and feedback. And I'm just curious, like how that's played a role in your business. Um, if you've seen any benefit from it um, more in the like growth stage, because you, you know, you're past the starting stage and you're more in the, like, I guess, sustaining and then growing, you know, like kind of scaling and growing stage. So I'm just curious, like, um, getting support or investing in your business, especially with, um, or specifically with nutrition business club, how has that been for your business? 
It, it's been really good. I feel like when I, even when I first joined, I think it was maybe in September and um, I kind of had all these ideas in my head and, and wasn't taking action. So sometimes it's just nice to have someone be like, I have these ideas. What should I be focusing on? Like sometimes you have all this noise. And so it's nice to have somebody be like, here's what you should be kind of focusing on. And even though your program is like kind of group coaching, it still feels like you get really individualized. Like it's like one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like if I have a question, you're there. If I want to, you know, at any time basically too. So um, yeah, it's just helped me kind of focus and kind of get out some doubts. I think that I had in my head about, should I do this or this or this or this? What should I be focusing on um, too? So it's been nice to just have somebody to speak through those things. Cause yeah. So like in a sense, like a, a North star for your business. Like instead of mm -hmm. feeling like that scatter, just like a little, you know, a check-in every week or every month, just be like, okay, no, I, I am in the right direction. I am following the right path. Do you find that, um, because a lot of it is based on coaching and yes, you're totally right. I'm the type of person who will always, um, I like to think that I will over deliver in the sense of like, when you work with me, it's not fluff. Like I love strategy. I love getting into like the nitty gritty of the business and I like working very hands-on. So I agree that there is like a lot of like that one-on-one -on -one style of support within the membership. Um, I'm also curious if you find, um, that you're like, you're strategically kind of taking action in the business. So it's not just like the coaching support, but do you find like you're learning any like tools or anything to kind of like use in, in your business itself? Yeah, I feel like every even if I'm just listening to somebody else ask you questions, I'm like, oh, that's a really good tip. And so I'm like writing down notes in my in my notebook and just like little things that I never really kind of thought about, like launching your like um, like launching a new program and like mm -hmm. how long you should be talking about it, how often you should be showing up, how many emails you should be sending out. Um, yeah, just help me become a little bit more clear on that and like have a better idea if I am wanting to launch something um having a bit more of a clear path and even just like little behind the scenes things too like your little trainings and stuff that you do I was like oh that's really good and like just little tweaks and things that mm -hmm. come come in and that's just been really helpful and also just the other piece is just being with other nutritionists too and like I feel like I I truly look forward to the sessions like every week and I think there's one time I couldn't come and I was like oh darn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly because it is we work so much in isolation especially you like living in a more isolated yeah. place <laughs> your only kind of um opportunity is to go into that clinic every other week and and have those interactions so um having that group of people uh to you know and I do love that in our group um, or in the club, there's also, you know, people giving feedback, you know, other nutritionists saying like, oh, well, here's what I've tried, or maybe you could try this. So it's not just like um, me, the figurehead giving you information and support. It's also like your community of nutritionists um, also giving feedback and support, which I know as a business owner is just so helpful because um, sometimes we can get so much in our own head and mm -hmm. think like, yes, this is the perfect idea or, you know, this is exactly how I want to do it, but we don't really get any input externally. And once we do, we can see things from a different perspective or even sometimes like different holes in a plan. Like, oh, I forgot to do this thing. Thank you for mentioning that. And I'm going to take action on those things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think I, I also learn really well in like a group setting where I can learn from other people as well. Yeah. And it's just kind of fun. I feel like it just kind of 
I don't know if grounding is the right word, but maybe that is the right word. Like just pulls me back. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to just like keep going here. <laughs> yeah. So just like motivating to, you yes. know, come and show up and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, if, yeah, if you have a challenge, cause yeah, it can be kind of lonely. And I kind of relate it to like, even in the nutrition world where you know, a lot of times people come to us because there's so much information out there and because they feel confused and don't know what they should be focusing on or trying this diet or that diet or depending on gluten or whatever. So they kind of come to us to like block out some of that noise. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's what I feel like you do for us. So. Oh, well, thank you. I <laughs> love being in this role and, and also knowing what it's like to start and grow a nutrition business. I know like there can be so many blocks and so many, you know, things that make you think, okay, I'm just going to throw in the towel. And it's like, really, it's just about I, I know I keep using that analogy, but that brick and then the next brick and then the next brick and, and it thinking about your business in um the long term, like, I think so many of us are like, oh, I tried this thing and it didn't work. I'm going to throw in the towel, but like, you know, any kind of business, if you're building a restaurant, if you're building like a clinic or whatever, you're not just going to throw in the towel the first week when it doesn't work, you're going to keep showing up until it does work um, mm -hmm. and keep trying different things out if it's not working. And I think that's what I see um, happening a lot in, in the membership um, is a lot of people just being like, okay, maybe this didn't work in the way I thought it would. And let's like, can I get some advice and feedback to try a different direction? Or can I get some support to get me through this tough moment? Because, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, remembering that those are going to happen and, and you're in a non-judgmental space that like, if you didn't sign all the clients you wanted that month, that's okay. And let's think about some strategy to, to make it happen for next month. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate having you there. I think you're also such a great support and wealth of knowledge for the other members and you're so great at giving feedback. Um, and, and yeah, I continue to, to enjoy having you there. One thing I am curious about, um, is one thing we do inside of nutrition business club is quarterly business planning. So this idea of instead of planning out your entire year, which I think in some cases is good to project, you know, what's happening for a year, the upcoming year, but sometimes we can get lost in the weeds of like, okay, those things are six months out. I'm not even going to plan for them now. We do quarterly planning. So every three months we sit down and plan out just three months. And I'm curious if this has helped you at all in your business thinking more short-term goals versus longer term. And maybe if you want to share like, yeah, just what that has done for you in your business so far. Yeah, I was going to say that's been really helpful is um, those quarterly planning sessions and just help me kind of change my mindset about, because um, I think like everybody does in January, you sit down, oh, what are my goals for this year? What am I going to do? But it's helpful to just like break it down into smaller chunks and like have specific things that you focus on and like, you know, kind of you know, what am I doing this month? What am I going to do? And kind of having like putting those things out there and then actually doing them too. Because mm. I, find, <laughs> I, I find sometimes if I'm too broad with my goals and then it doesn't end up happening. But I think, yeah, just those sessions kind of let you break it down into smaller, more tangible pieces that um, are more doable too. That is all very helpful. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think um, anything that can help you make progress and also feel not alone in your business or like you've made a mistake and you're the only one that made this mistake. I think we can feel that in isolation so much. Um, and I think just having that community around you is so important. I know that I lean on my business besties, Krista and Kelsey. I know I've talked about them on the podcast before. Um, we have something called Marco Polo, which is um, an app you can 
can use where you do like video chats and okay. we will video chat, you know, like multiple times a week and just giving each other support in our business. So I know that uh, nutrition business club feels like that resource for, for a lot of you where you can kind of come and, and get that real time feedback. So um, I've been really um, glad to see it come to fruition and, and be supportive. And I just want to just for a second um, remind everyone that we're doing a 50% off discount right now. So up until January 31st, 2024, we're doing 50% off your first month inside Nutrition Business Club when you use code 50NBC in the checkout and you will join for that first month. You can also cancel anytime, which I know is um, a great win for a lot of people who want to just try out coaching and maybe not have to make that um, 100% you know, uh, commitment and they can just see if it works or not. But I know a lot of our members have stayed longer term because they're getting lots of support. So I just wanted to to remind everyone, you can always go to nutritionbusinessclub.com and get that 50% off for your first month. Um, but to move on from talking about the membership, just before we wrap up, I would love to know if you, like what you're using in your business just to stay organized or to, to you know, see your clients or to run your business. Like, do you keep a pretty lean business financially every month or do you invest in a lot of programs? Uh, I try both. Like sometimes I go through my credit card. I'm like, what the heck am I spending all this money on? <laughs> it's like, you know, you that get happens. these like, oh, like I'm going to try this app or I'm going to try this thing or like try this new program. And so sometimes I'm like, okay, let's just see what we're actually using and spending money on. Um, a practice better is probably the main, one of the main things that I use um, just for booking in clients and yeah, keeping myself organizing, organized, sending invoices, um, putting in client notes and protocols and stuff like that. I think you kind of have to have practice better as a nutritionist. I don't really know if there's any other platforms to even consider. Uh, maybe you know more than I do on that, but um, that's a big one. And then um, I do use that clean life. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of, what I've kind of done is created a few base, like kind of meal plans off there. And sometimes I'll put recipes in my, um, like newsletters and things like that. Uh, so I found that really helpful. Saves a lot of time too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember or did this at the beginning. We spent so much time putting together meal plans. Oh. <laughs> Yes. And, and actually, recipes. Oh, a hundred percent. And and just for a second, like a, a bit of a shift in conversation. I think the biggest reason why we don't want to invest in, you know, like that practice better or that clean life or whatever platform it is, even though we know it's going to save us time is because we're scared to invest money in our business when our money, when our business is maybe not returning the amount of money yet we want to be making. So I'm just curious if you like, what is your like, um, thoughts around investing in your business kind of at this point of your business? Yeah, I think I'm always kind of doing it because sometimes I have that feeling like, oh, maybe do I need to be spending on money on this? But I think like investing in your business is kind of like investing in yourself and you can always tailor things too and take out what's not working or what you're not using. Um, but I found like, especially using things like practice better, I just feel like it makes me look and feel more professional, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember in the beginning, yeah, I'm sending like Google invites and stuff, which is fine, but um, I just found practice better. Just like keeps everything we organized and, um, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes those things can add up using different things, but um, yeah, I think you do have to invest in your business and you'll see 
see a big difference. So, mm-hmm. and do you almost feel like, again, because you're a little bit further along, like you're not just starting out, you've kind of gone through those growing pains, you're, you know, growing, you're getting clients and, and more like, again, seeing your business as a business, putting the effort in as a business. So I'm curious if like, um, you know, there's that saying like, what got you here won't get you there or like, you know, to the next level. Do you feel like that's almost true? Like what helped you start your business was different from what has helped you grow your business? Like, do you feel like you kind of had to like shift mindset or approach or invest or even just investing in the business business to get you to this next level? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, things have changed. I should say the last two years, things have felt really different. Like I noticed just a shift in like my confidence level. And um, even like, I, I think, yeah, I just felt really messy at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned, like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I'd sit down at my desk and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I feel like I finally got into a flow with things and just learning a lot of things. And I feel like I'm actually coming up to a point where I do feel like there's some shifts going to be happening in like different things that I'm offering and different things that I'm doing. And um, I kind of was like marketing mindset for a long time, especially on Instagram. And I kind of feel like I'm a little bit more kind of focusing on growth and creating a lot of like education and um, even my own growth and like taking a couple other courses and things like that. And so I noticed like I'm thinking I'm I'm heading into a shift. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I feel like, yeah, there's a bit of a shift from the last few years and it's really like this is my eighth year in business and like it's only been in the last year and a half and talking about being consistent and keep showing up yeah (laughs) and I hope this doesn't discourage anybody but it's only been in like the last year and a half that I'm like okay like I got this (laughs) yeah yeah and and I think like you're totally right I I agree when I'm like oh this is like my 10th year in business and my it will be my seventh year business coaching but it still almost like feels like a baby business sometimes like it still feels like even though I have so many years behind me because I'm learning so much at a rapid pace and I know so much more just like you in the last couple I've had so much more growth in in the last couple years than maybe I did at the beginning that it feels new and it feels exciting so I'm kind of curious if you also feel like you're almost in like like a baby stage of your like the new part of your business now the new Mm -hmm. growth part yeah. yeah, that's what I, I, I feel. And, I'm like, I, and again, I'm not sure what it, exactly it's going to look like. But yeah, I feel like just even from working with you and um, just picked up certain things where I'm like, okay, like I know where I kind of need to shift and looking at a broader picture. And, um, you know, I think for me, I've done one on one coaching for a really long time. So I'm kind of thinking of switching gears and like being able to help more people, maybe mm-hmm. doing a group program or self-paced program and like putting a little bit more emphasis on that and um so yeah but Mm -hmm. that's so exciting well I'm so excited to be you know um not only your business coach but your friend and to see Mm -hmm. all the growth to see you know how much progress you've been making how much you're going to continue to make how much um just like again, consistency and effort you're putting in and to almost reimagine your business. Because like you said before, once when you were more thinking about it, like, I don't know if you called it a hobby business, but like the one foot in one foot out, it's like, you know, even if those people listening right now, if you feel that same way, like, you know, I've kind of been like 50, 50 on my business or half-assing my business. And I'm not really mm-hmm. sure, you know, if I want to jump in or, or be done with it. It's so nice to hear that you kind of just made that decision to go full in and it's working out. And sure, it doesn't mean it's maybe in the exact place you want it to be 
yet you're on the way, right. And you're making mm-hmm. the po- positive progress. Um, so I think it's just like such great motivation for those that are sitting on the fence to, to make a decision to continue on, um, because it, it is possible to, to grow it if it feels maybe a little stagnant, you know, to give it new life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, I think it's just always, yeah, coming back. I think for me, like, even if times get hard, it's like coming back to your why. I mm-hmm. think we had a conversation actually in the business group about, yeah, com- like, you know, we have a purpose and to help people. And so sometimes mm-hmm. when it gets hard, that's when I kind of come back to it's like, yeah, your kind of passion with health and nutrition and helping people. So yeah. And getting back to the fun, yeah. like you said, it sounds mm-hmm. like the TikTok has been fun. It's like, you know, having a business and running a business is serious, but it's also fun. Like we get to be mm-hmm. our own boss. We get to do whatever we want. I say a lot of the time that, you know, there's no rules in business. Sure. There's strategies that are going to work or not work, but there's no rules. So you get to find what really works for you. And that I think personally is the most empowering part about running a business because you get to try things out. You're not in a nine to five where there are certain parameters of what you can and can't do. You get to test things out and be yourself and have fun, which I think is the most important part. Yeah, I think having fun, it gives you like a creative outlet in some sense too, right? Which I know I was worked at a bank job for a long time. <laughs> yeah, And so it's like, you know, using your imagination and dreaming and um, yeah. And so, and even the personal development part of it, I'm like, I just think I've grown so much as a person, like having your own business and putting yourself out there and coming on podcasts and <laughs> showing up on social media and having people watch that and um, doing workshops and yeah, talking in front of groups. And those were all very, very scary things for me for a long, long time. And so now I've kind of finally feel comfortable with it. So I think that has been a big part for me too, is just the confidence and personal development piece of owning a business. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so evident, like, um, I, even re-listening to the the first episode you did, you were definitely still had an air of confidence and knew what you were talking about, but you know, this is like Mia 2.0 on the next <laughs> level of her business, you know, and, and really kind of like, you know, moving things along. And again, just so incredible to see as your friend, as your coach, like so proud of you. And, and I'm just oh, so you. excited <laughs> to see what's to come. Um, before we finish up and so people can kind of follow along with you, watch your journey, um, maybe reach out to you if, if they need um, some mm. support or if they want to send referrals your way, where can people find you online? Yeah, I can mostly kind of hang out on, on Instagram. So my tag is just um, Mia Harris Nutrition and so that's kind of the same all across the board on any of the other social media platforms website it's called meharrisnutrition.com so <laughs> but yeah that's where you can kind of find me hanging out mostly on instagram i would say so perfect and you did mention before you have um a blood sugar balancing freebie i don't know if you want to talk mm-hmm. about that for a second or where people could find that if they're interested or if they want to maybe pass that on to one of their clients yeah, so kind of, you know, working with hormone health and weight loss, blood sugar, I feel like a broken record talking about it all the time. <laughs> so I created a little guide that just kind of walks through about ways to support blood sugar balance, how to kind of um, create meals, create a balanced meal, what kind of the components should be, some examples, and then just some other little tips and tricks on there. So, um, but yeah, it's linked on my website and even on my social media platforms right in my bio. Um, you can find a copy of it too. 
Perfect. I'll make sure to link all of that. I'll also link in the show notes. I know you had talked about practice better and that clean life. And I do have Mm -hmm. discounts for both of those platforms. So um, for those of you maybe who want to give that a try, I'll I'll put that in the show notes along with the 50% off code for Nutrition Business Club. Um, Thank you so much for coming. This has been so fun. I I honestly, I say this a lot, but I could talk to you for probably four (laughs) to six hours. I don't know if anyone wants to listen to that long of a podcast episode, but you're just such like an incredible wealth of knowledge you uh, you know are just such a a a bright light in this industry I know so many people really love following you love learning from you so thank you for spending some time sharing um, with my community and I know everyone listening is just very thankful for all the wisdom you shared so thank you again for coming thanks for having me I appreciate you saying those things (laughs) absolutely you're welcome back anytime and um, we'll definitely follow along and and see how things go so thank you again for coming Yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening in. If you love this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share this episode with a friend or take us on social media. Talk to you soon.